All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to a special edition, episode one, well, 206, pardon me, of the Kissing wow. podcast. I am joined today by the one, the only, Mitch LaFon. It is good to see you again, as always. Uh, we've had you on yes. the show a few times, uh, but yes. once again, it's good to catch up on some of the things that have been going on in your life. And yep. uh, you're a busy guy these days, so why don't you just let everyone know where they can find you and what you are actually doing so uh, that they can, you know, if they want to stop listening now, they'll at least know where to find you. Well, yeah. Well, I have a show on Westwood One called Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon, and it's very convenient because it is now on Spotify, Amazon Alexa, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. It is on the Westwood One app. It's on the Westwood One website. It really is sort of very easy to find. And of course, a lot of the, the magazines like Blabbermouth and Ultimate Classic Rock and stuff, they pick up a lot of my interviews and they're kind enough to embed the the player and stuff. So it really you just google mitch lafon and it's it's pretty easy to get i i i personally really love the uh spotify feed it, it it it's like a sense of accomplishment to be on spotify i don't know why but it just seems more legitimate i don't know <laughs> weird but there it is yeah, and you'll be counting up the pennies on Spotify, right? You know, we're in the <laughs> process of trying to get on Spotify as well. And if we do manage to accomplish that, like some of the other KISS-related podcasts already have, uh, yep. then, then obviously it is a great sense of accomplishment. But you seem to be going from strength to strength with yep. the interviews that you've been doing. And that's really the purpose for this quick catch-up today with you. Yep. Um, you recently were blessed, graced, uh, yep. anointed with um interview with the great, the one and only, the Paul Stanley. Um, yeah. Can you just tell us how that came about? Because I know you did your first interview with a Kiss member what 38 years ago, and it yeah. was and it was Gene Simmons. And I think you had a little uh, story that you told in the in your preamble to the interview uh, about that that interview and who it was supposed to be with. And, yeah. And so I'll, I'll just repeat that here just real quick. The original interview back in 1980, in June of 80, for the Unmasked album when I was 11, was supposed to be with Paul Stanley. And at the last minute, that got switched out, and, and O'Coin management phoned, and so, or was it Glickman and Marks? Well, either way, they phoned and said, oh, would you mind if it's Gene Simmons? And I was like, listen, I don't care who it is, really. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to the manager. Uh, you know, And so we did that, and then around the Hits tour, the Hot in the Shade tour, it was, uh, I believe, October of that year, 89 or something. Kiss was coming here, supposed to talk to Paul. He had busted up his ribs. He even played the show with a thing around his ribs. And they were like, well, he's not going to be doing any interviews. He needs to rest. Blah, blah, blah. Fair and reasonable. Somewhere around, I guess, 2003, 2004, they were going to do the Aerosmith tour. And I had done all the legwork. I had spoken to management. The publicist was all set to go. And I was working for Brave Words magazine at the time. And just before my editor said, no, I'll be doing the Paul Stanley interview, contacted the publicist without me knowing, by the way. And said, I'm the pub, I'm, I'm the editor. I'm doing this interview. Mitch is off the assignment. And it's like, assignment? It wasn't even assigned to me. I was, I had the wherewithal to say, I'm going to go do this. And anyway, long story short, he did the interview and I was cut out of that. And then after that, you know, I've had a chance to interview Eric Singer and Tommy and I've done Gene, but there was always a circumstance where it didn't happen with Paul. And so out of all the original members, out of all the members, 
because I've interviewed Vinny. I've been, that was the one that was missing, and uh, here it is, and it happened. And how it happened is I emailed Doc McGee. Uh, I had heard, of course, as we all do in sort of the KISS world, there's this coming, there's that coming, blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, can we do an interview to talk about what's coming? This was somewhere back in, I guess, July or August, and they said, listen, we're going to be announcing stuff in the fall. Why don't we wait for the fall? And then they went on AGT, you know, uh, America's Got Talent, and they did. And I said, okay, cat's out of bag. How about now? And they said, well, we're announcing something a little later on. Do you want to do it then? And I was like, no, 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 no. I'd rather be first out of the box, you know. And so we did the interview. And uh, right now, as we speak, there's there's really just the Rolling Stone interview and my interview. And I, in fact, would have beaten Rolling Stone to the street, but I only do a show on Mondays. I had to hold it. Rolling Stone got theirs out first, you know, whatever. But yeah, no, it was it, it was that. And so very big thank you to to Doc McGee. I mean, you know, he could have said no. He could have said well, we'll you do it when everything's announced, but nope, set it up, sent me off with the uh, team there, and off we go. And uh, incredibly nice, incredibly graceful, and it was great. It was absolutely great. You know, as a Kiss fan, uh, to interview Paul, you know, like anybody else, we're just very, very passionate about this band. And we've had all the discussions about this member and that member and this album and that album and why they did this and what, and their set list and, and I don't think any of us are mean-spirited when we have those discussions. I think we're just very passionate, and we we argue over our passions, basically. Absolutely. And, absolutely. That's, that's totally what it's about. It, it's not right. about hate. It's not about negative energy, though it may sometimes teeter on the brink of that passion gets dark, and it's so, you know, it, it envelops our souls in such a way. But, you know, it's never from a negative point of view. Right. And, and, and those of us who say, well, we want Ace or Peter, or we want, or Love Gun is better than Destroyer. We, we passionately feel about that and it's not disparaging to whoever else or, but anyway, so I got the interview and I really wanted to be, I wanted it to be a celebration of Kiss. I didn't want to get into any of that nonsense, any of that negativity. And it's, it's the wrong place to do that, right? You don't want to get on with Paul Stanley. And then start airing a laundry list of nonsense. And it really is nonsense. At the end of the day, they've been around 45 years and we're still here because they touched us in some way. They meant something to us. And to somehow deny it or, 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 or trivialize it to me was silly. And so it was, it was just great to talk to Paul. And if you heard the interview at the beginning, the first thing I say is, you know what? Thank you for 45 years. And that wasn't you know, some kind of strange play or something. It was a very sincere, you know, thank you, because a lot of what KISS was defines us. When you listen to what Gene Simmons says about you work hard, you, you, you stru- those are sort of life lessons that go beyond the music, beyond Destroyer, beyond me. They, they've actually, if you follow their career, have had a great sense of life lessons of it doesn't matter what people say. You do what you want. You stick to it. You move forward. Anyway, uh, it, it was a great pleasure to talk to Paul and just say thank you. And and I even said, you know, and thank you for the fans. I know we're passionate and sometimes crazy, but at the end of the day, you know, thank you. 
Yeah, and, and that I really liked. And, you know, I, I'm not here to stroke you today about this interview. I'm I'm jealous, but I'm also proud that you did an interview with Paul, kind of a similar way to I would approach it. The first thing I always say to Paul or any member of the band that I meet is thank you. And, and that's always important. It, whether I get to ask another question or say anything further is irrelevant to the point of thanking them because they have been such an important part of my life. And it, that's evident in what I do and what I've done and what I continue to and what I hope to continue to do um, to always be let them know. I'm sure they hear it a million times, but they haven't heard it from me or from you. So it was nice right. for you to start off on that. Obviously, your parameters for your interview were pretty clear. And as you mentioned, you know, there are, are some things that, you know, aren't appropriate for the discussion that you were going to be having with him. But one of the, you know, you will have seen some of the discussions that have been going on the FAQ message board about your interview. And those are some of the things that I think we can kind of talk about today in yeah. how, how you approach this interview, um, how you get your questions together. And I'm also curious if, if you do something similar. So like I do with some of these higher, uh, higher end, it doesn't get any higher than Paul Stanley, but uh, an interview where I just say, if I ask you or say anything that you, you don't want and just say no comments and we won't continue along those lines or whatever. So, you know, how you approach and set yourself up when you're talking to someone like Paul uh, for such a, a long anticipated interview. So, you know, tell us how that side of things work for you. Well, you know, for every interview, I always do an incredible amount of research for, you know, you hear 20 minutes or 30 minutes of an interview. There's about three or four hours of prep time behind it to, to really understand the albums, to really understand. Now, of course, with Paula, it was a lot easier, you know, because I've been a fan. There, there doesn't nearly need to be that kind of research. And, you know, with the Paul interview, you sort of have to balance out. They have a message that they wanted out, which was, was the tour. And you've got to respect that. And the same thing with the other interviews with Red Dragon Cartel and with with Accept and all the other interviews I do. I always approach it that. The reason they're on the phone with me today is what? Tour, album, new T-shirt. I have to prioritize that. I have to talk about that first. That's how I approach it because there's nothing more annoying if you're an artist from my perspective where you get you know Slash on the phone who's talking about the new Slash record. And you go, oh, great. So tell me about Axel. And then you don't talk about it, right? Or with Paul, you go, oh, hey, Paul, uh, tell me about The Elder. Uh, but we're we're doing a tour. Oh, that's uh, okay, right? It it seems it seems somewhat rude to me to approach it that way. So I always make sure that whatever is being whatever is putting us on the phone is what we're talking about first. Now I have to say, in the case of Paul or, or any artist, I don't write out questions. What I what I do is I develop sort of an arc in my head about I'm going to start here the new stuff and I'm going to sort of develop it. You know, it's almost like a rainbow. I'm going to develop it and end up over here um and i always i usually consider the last question like the hang up question so i figured i'll ask that one question that's maybe a little more pushed and if they hang up on me at least i've had half an hour and it's not the end of the world but um yeah with with, with most of them i don't write anything out i just sort of have the general gist of where i want to go and with paul i was particularly open and free in the sense that i've been there for 40 years with them. I've been there since 1978. I, I know the story. I know the history. And we'll see what Paul says. We'll see how comfortable he is. We'll see if, you know, we're getting, is he towing the company line or if he's being a little more free? And I, I thought he was incredibly open and honest. And so it was, that's why I could bring up something like Psycho Circus 
and ask about, you know, the reunion tour and a more personal level. And I, I just sort of went with the flow. We'll go where it goes. And I think it went great. And quite honestly, at the 40 minute mark, I sort of stopped the interview and, and said, OK, thank you, because I was given 20. We got to 30. We got to 40. And it happens sometimes. Not, not I'm not saying this would have happened with Kiss, but, you know, you'll get a phone call from a publicist saying, hey, we gave you 20 minutes and you spoke 40. What the hell? Next time we have an interview, we're not giving it to you because you don't respect the rules. So we got to 40. I'm sure if I had wanted to, Paul would have gone to an hour. I had a sense that he was fine talking and wouldn't have hung up. So I had to stop it at 40. But that's that's sort of the way I approach it. You 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 start off very respectfully plugging what needs to be plugged, and then you sort of see where it goes. And I think it went great. I I think it was well received and i think the fans and and i've seen the stuff on faq where the fans say well you didn't ask about this and that's fine but and that's also not how it works you do not have this interview subject chained to the wall hooked up to electrodes and if they don't answer a question they get a zap that is not how it works you know you really do have to respect the person's time as you've just mentioned i mean if you get 15 minutes um as consumers, people obviously don't understand all the background that goes into putting out an interview and how much editing um, and how limited you often are. When you have 15 minutes, you have a highly distilled amount of time and questions that you can ask them. And it does usually revolve around what they are wanting to push, the, re- the reason etra for talking to you in the first place, as you mentioned. So yeah. you, you have to be very careful. So the, the Psycho Circus questions, you know, on on the board why didn't you ask about this why didn't you ask about that does that offend you when when people listen to your interview that you're thrilled and happy about and their first response to that interview is why didn't he ask such and such no not offended at all what i always say to myself is i go you don't understand the process because it's not one interview it's a collection of interviews over the years. And the reason I get to go from, you know, Nazareth to Dread Dragon Cartel to Accept to Gene to whoever to Paul is because people know that when they talk to you, you respect the rules, you respect the parameters. I had an interview this morning. I'm not going to say which guy, but he's a, an ex-member of a band. It has nothing to do with Kiss. And they told me right up front, do not ask about the last band. Period. And and you have to respect that because if you are disrespectful of that, you will have one interview and you will never have another one. And I'm not even talking about an interview with that member. You'll just never have another interview. People don't seem to understand that it's a very small community. You know, you look at uh, – I'm just – there's there's uh, there's one publicist I deal with. Her name is Fiona. She deals with Simple Minds, REO Speedwagon, Sammy Hagar. Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if I have a Simple Minds interview and I screw her out of the time or I ask the question she told me not to ask, well, then I lose Sammy Hagar. I lose REO Speedwagon. And then what she does, she gets on the phone to her friend who's a publicist and she that publicist handles whoever, Kiss and, and Metallica. And, and she goes, if that Mitch guy calls you, you don't talk to him. And people don't seem to understand that it's not this free-for-all where it's freedom of speech and you have a First Amendment right to ask. It's not. It just isn't. And the reason why I'm still around after all these years, Eddie Trunk is still around after all these years, Chris Jericho is still around, 
is because you know how to play the rules and you also know how to bend them just slightly enough that it doesn't break. But you sometimes get those interviews that become exclusive and become uh, very important. And so so when somebody says, well, you didn't ask about Bruce Verburn. Well, OK, but we want to know about Paul Stanley. We don't really want to know about Bruce Fairburn. And, and I think if you actually listen to the interview, he did answer the questions. You know, he, he, he did say Paul, Peter and Ace weren't up to snuff, according to him. And, you know, do we really need to get inside Bruce Fairburn's head to find out why he didn't think? I think the answer is obvious. If you don't think this guy deserves to be in an album, it's because you, for some reason, don't think he can cut it. He doesn't play well enough. He, he's not prepared enough. Whatever it is, that's the decision. So it just seems sort of a of a redundant question to say, well, spell it out black and white. It, it seems silly, but listen, you've got 45 years of career. You have 20 minutes of scheduled time. You're obviously going to not – I think I – did I answer on fact or did I answer on, on my Facebook? I said to him, for every one question you ask, you know minimally – there's 50 that you didn't ask, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's not an 18-hour interview. There's obviously going to be questions you can't ask. And the, and and you know, and the other thing I I do when people do that, and this is going to sound really bad, I always look at them and I go, you know what? You want to ask the question? You go get an interview with Paul, or you go get an interview with, you know, Lars Ulrich, or you go get an interview with whoever, and we'll compare the two. Until then, you know, just enjoy. Yeah, and, you know, number one, it's free. Enjoy it for what it is. There's, you know, trying to do it. And I just learned this last month in Nashville when I went to the Rock and Pod Expo. 15-minute time slots for interviews are brutally tough to organize your thoughts for. Now, I do write out my stuff, and I do have circled my got-to-haves. Um, and then it's where the tone takes you as well. It's not just about what we are, are promoting, what we the, the reason we're interviewing. It is where where that person goes, and you're only reading it in terms of hearing their responses and their voice, and whether they seem happy and relaxed. And that's what struck me with Paul. He seemed incredibly at ease and relaxed, and his answers um, didn't seem canned to me. They they seemed well reasoned and thought out. And as Paul, he's impeccable in his presentation of his thoughts. He speaks very well. Um, always strikes me impressively. So you read all of those elements as you're going along, and you've got all your questions organized in your head, and you don't know ultimately where this is going to end or when it's going to end. You've got twenty. Might become yeah. thirty. Might become. Right. Might become eighteen as well, right. easily. Oh yeah. Listen, I've done a bunch of interviews over the years where I was given half an hour, and you start talking to the person, and you realize they're either in a bad mood, they don't have a lot to say. You get a lot of sometimes interviewers or interviewees that give you yes/no answers. You go, so tell me about the new album. They go, oh, it's really great. Okay. And, and why is it really great? Oh, because we did the best we could. Right. And and what's the best you could? Well, we played our hearts out. And you're like, I got a half an hour with you, really? Like, like you know. So so no, you have to you have to judge. But I think the most important skill in doing interviews is not having 87 questions ready or 18 hours of research. I think it's listening. You have to listen. And if you listen to any of my interviews, you will hear me say, Hey, you just mentioned this. 
let me take you up on that. And a lot of times I didn't have that question about that or I didn't find that of interest enough that I would make it mark it down. And then you hear them talk about it either passionately or dispassionately or, or and you go, Whoa, there's something there. I got to go down that rabbit hole and see why did he mention that band member? Why did he mention that song? Why did he you know, specify that era? And then whoops, you take a, a sharp left or you take a sharp right and your interview is not going where you think it's going to go. It goes somewhere else. And I think that's the most important skill when you when you see the people that have been doing this for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I think a lot of what we share is the ability to sit back and listen and go, ah, you know, Paul just mentioned this. Gene just I need to explore that. And you go with it because I've seen interviews where people have 10 questions on a paper and they go mm-hmm, 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 and the person answers and they go, right. OK, great. Question two. And you go, question two. Did you hear what he just said? Did, did, why did, did you how, how do you let and I've seen it. You know, I, I work a lot of festivals and I see a lot of these media scrums, these media things backstage. And a lot of them are and I don't want to sound like I'm putting anybody down, but you see a lot of sort of fanzines and and Internet thingies where the person is not a professionally trained anything. And they start asking these and they're all and it's very stiff and it's very cold. And you go, ah, OK, this is what today's going to be like. OK, so no, you, you have to listen. Listening is the important skill and paying respect. It doesn't matter who you're talking to it doesn't matter if you hate the band or you love the band they have to be the most important person you're talking to that day and you have to remember that the person who's going to listen to you talking to that guy is a fan of the band and they don't want you to be smart assy smart alecky disrespectful so you have to be you know i'm talking to the guy from nazareth today guess what nazareth's the greatest band i've ever heard of and it doesn't have to be true or false. It just has to be because that fan who's going to check out that interview, that's how they feel about it. And they want to hear you do a good job. And so so respect, listening, That's that's I think those are the keys. And you're the conduit. You're, you're taking the information from the source to the end user, ultimately. So it, it's very important to do that. And, you know, that's what I, I enjoy about the in-person interviews because you get to make eye contact with the person. You get to read body language. You get to... You know, have a, have a little bit more personal kind of connection than on the phone. But getting back to Paul Stanley, I mean, he's the last member of the band that you you've collected now yep. in, in your list of accomplishments. And obviously, you did meet Eric and Mark St. John, even though you yep. did not interview them. Nope. Are you surprised by how well the interview went with Paul? Did you have any uh, pre- preconceived notions about how it was going to or he was going to be? Um, or did you were you just open minded about how the interview was going to take place? Well, I'll tell you one thing that that you couldn't appreciate on this is that as the interview was going on, we were having a major weather event. I mean, it was raining by the pool by a poolside. I mean, the rain was coming. I thought the power was going to go out, so I was completely and utterly stressed out about that. And I thought, oh my god, here's my history with Paul. Every time I've had an interview. It's been a near miss, and and now it's going to be – the power is going to go out, and it's going to be weather. So I was a little stressed out about that. But, you know, uh, I had said to myself, just go for it. Just ask. Don't don't think about anything. Don't – and I didn't know. I mean, 
I, I was careful in the sense that I there's a lot of questions that you can ask that you know are just going to annoy somebody. If, if you come on, your first question is, hey, why is Ace Fraley not there? Well, first of all, that, that's that's not really nice. It's it's sort of silly. Maybe the fans want to hear that. OK, but do you really want to be that guy who, who just asked, the, the you know, so how can I put this? I wasn't concerned about where it was going to go. I, I was more, in fact, worried about the weather than anything else. I just figured, you know what? Ask the questions. And if he hangs up, then he'll hang up. But I, I didn't think he would. I, I didn't. You know what? Because Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons and Ace, for, they're all at the level that if they don't want to talk to you or if they think it's going to go bad, they're just going to tell the publicist, don't bother. And that's it. They don't have a need. Some of the low, some of the smaller bands that are still playing clubs, they may or may not like your face, but sometimes they don't have a choice because and I don't mean that to be disrespectful, but some of them are going out to play clubs and there's 30 fans there on a Saturday night. So they need a Mitch LaFon or an Eddie Trunk or a Chris Jericho to talk about them to sort of provide extra fans and get the word out. And they have to talk to you whether they like when you're Metallica or Kiss or Aerosmith, if they don't like you, they don't like your, your they just won't won't. So, no, I, I thought if he was doing the interview, it's because he wanted to be there and it was going to go smooth. So, no, I, I you know, my, my I, like I said, the biggest concern was really the power is going to go out. He breaks his ribs. I got Gene Simmons instead, the, the editor. And, and now it's going to be rain. Like, really? <laughs> you know? But you were lucky. The rain, the rain did not. Uh... It did not knock out the power. But holy mackerel! At the very beginning of the interview, in the it, within the first five minutes, I was asking Paul a question, and I sort of lost the train of thought. And that's because it had gone from a light gray to a pitch black, and it was pounding down. And I was just like, I was like, yeah, blah 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 blah, and, and it startled me. And I just went. Oof. And then I just went, okay, back to the question. And then Paul took over, and I was like, oh, but I can hear it in the audio because I know where it happened. I, I haven't heard anybody comment about it. I was sort of expecting people to say, hey, at the beginning there, you seemed a little nervous. I was like, yeah, not nervous about talking to Paul, nervous that my roof was about to cave in on my head. Um, so I know it's there in the first like five, ten. I think it was like the second or third question I asked. You can hear there was like a – so tell me about the blah, 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 blah. Oh, what's that? <laughs> you oh, know, that's awesome. That's absolutely brilliant. What most yeah. surprised you about Paul during this conversation with him? Oh, well, what, what we said before, he was just exceptionally open and honest. We have all heard a hundred interviews with Gene and Paul and, and, and all the other guys, even the Brett Michaels and all that. And they seem to have a little script and they seem to be on – they seem – well, not a script. That sounds insulting. But they're on message and they're on point. And they are going to get out their message whether the question is posed properly or not. And it, there didn't seem to be a message here. It was like, okay, ask me whatever you want and I'm going to answer it honestly. He didn't seem to be on message. And I don't know. You've done interviews with other people. Sometimes it's just this is what I'm selling and I don't care what your question you're asking. Like when you talk to Gene with the box set or the, the vault, you'd say, so, Gene, tell me about Kiss. And you'd go, hey, have you heard about the vault? And you're like, right. And then you say, all right, so how is it working with Ace? Hey, have you heard about the vault? And you're like, OK. And we've all done those interviews. And this one, I didn't get any of that. I just said, like, if you listen to that Eric Carr answer at the end, 
I thought that was remarkably open and honest and very different. He goes, I didn't think Paul, I didn't think Eric would die. I don't think I've ever heard him say that. Listen, I've not heard every interview that Paul's ever done, but I think somewhere in the ether, had he said that, it would have appeared somewhere on Kiss FAQ or on a Facebook page. Or, And I thought, wow, he actually had a true fear and a true – and you know, you sometimes forget as we go on the message boards and stuff and we criticize. We go, you know what? There is a human element that we forget about. It probably did freak him out that this was happening to a band member and 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 we all respond differently to how things freak us out and so so that was a very human element and a very human kind of emotion to that answer which i hadn't heard before and 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 that was just remarkably refreshing to hear you know i think one of the things as consumers of interviews as well as someone who does do interviews is that it's very important not to project what you think about a topic with what yes. the answer is that you receive from the person who is actually there there's a vast difference between the two and when you ask paul or gene or ace or whomever a question you're going to get their perception of yep. their memory of it or however they want to answer it at the time it may not marry up with what you think you know and that's you know to everyone who who does read whether it's on the faq whether it's on facebook or anywhere what you think you know is not necessarily going to be what they know and they you have to take their answer at face value because they were there well i do find that some interviewers uh go in with an agenda and they try to promote that agenda or they try to get the artist to fit into their agenda about saying something bad about a band member or saying something bad about an album or, or, or talking about whatever. And uh, a good interview, I think, doesn't go in there with an agenda like you're saying. And I think it was important to not have any kind of preconceived notions of what Paul might say. Anyway, at the end of the day, I'm thrilled with the interview i think kiss was thrilled with it they put it up on kiss online which is very very rewarding you know at we're fans at when you look at it at, at the, and I, I, I don't want to keep saying at the end of the day but i'm going to keep saying at the end of the day but at the end of the day we're fans and if you had told 11 year old me that at some day on some official kiss thing they would recognize something you did speaking to the the front man you go that's never going to happen and then here it is you know uh it's in a small way you're part of the kiss history i mean exceptionally small way let's let's not kid ourselves but it's nice to say you know what when we get down to the footnote 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 footnotes there's a little as told to mitch lafon and that's 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 nice. It's kind of it's kind of cool. And and you know you you have the same stuff you know done by Julian. It it's 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 it tickles you pink, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you know it, it feels good just to be whether it's a fleck of lint on the cape of the demon, you know, not to even be a part of the story, just to be that fleck of dirt or 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 whatever is enough. Don't it need, really is. You don't need to be more. But before we wrap here, I, I do want to just get your thoughts on the – I think you were calling it the end of the world, the end of the road. You end know, of the road. The end of the road. And uh, Well, I called what, it One Last Kiss, the end of the road. And, and quite frankly, they had put out a graphic on Twitter or something, and it said One Last Kiss. 
So that's what I was calling it, but it is the end of the road. The end of the road, indeed. So how do you feel as a, a very long-term fan who has you know, had personal interactions with every member of the band? Yep. What's this mean to Mitch? Well, listen, it, it, it is, um, I don't want to say disappointing in a sense, because you sort of want the band to go on as long as you go on and always be there. It's sort of like a, a comfy blanket. You know, you're like Linus with that little blanket and you just don't want to let go, right? But at the end of the day, the fact that they won't be touring uh, doesn't bother me because they don't come to Montreal every time. They don't. So I, I haven't actually seen them in the like, two years or three years so i'm sort of used to not seeing them but of course kiss is not going to end we all know that when the members do pass away uh if i'm still here they'll get into the vaults and they'll be a unreleased this and unreleased like kiss is going to be here for the next minimally the next 30 years whether you're around i'm around paul's around because there's going to be vaults I mean, look at look at Jimi Hendrix. We're in 2018 and they're still releasing stuff and they're still new. So if they can do that with Jimmy, who was around for like five or six years, just imagine what we're going to get from the Kiss um, archives for the next. So, yeah, Kiss as a touring band will will end. OK, but there'll be deluxe editions, whatever. There'll be probably v DVDs and videos They'll that they probably will even have the hologram tour at some point. So. So KISS touring maybe is over, but KISS the entity, that's not going to end. It's certainly not going to end in my lifetime. I think we're all at our age. We're all going to pass away before the KISS vaults are empty. Oh, yeah. Just just when they've emptied one barrel, they discover a new one, as you've mentioned with Jimi Hendrix. It, it, it's always the case. And it's yeah. not like when they come off the road for that after that very last show that everyone's Kiss albums disintegrate. It, no. it's, it doesn't end. I'm sure Gene would love it if everyone's did, because then you'd have to buy a new set and he'd be there waiting with, <laughs> with a new set of CDs for you to buy or whatever format it is by then. So it's not the end. It's it's just the end of a chapter right. in, and, in and their story. Yeah, and you look at 2023. There'll be the 50th anniversary. Do I think Kiss will reunite and go on a tour? No, I don't. Do I think we might see a special, you know, four-song set, ten-song set in L.A.? Yeah, I do. Do, do. Will they do like a special something in New York just to celebrate 50? Yeah, I think they will. You know, I I don't think that if they're still around and still capable that we won't see that so will we see tours of 200 shows no will we see one off like i said in the interview if the super bowl calls and says in 2022 hey we want kiss at the halftime show you know what i think they would i don't see any reason why they wouldn't so tours are over yeah and, <laughs> and, and paul kept options open i mean paul, yeah. paul paul's a smart guy He's not going to say, no, that's the end of absolutely everything. At this point, again, they never know from one year to the next. I, I think over the past 18 months or so with people like Tom Petty passing, um, who was a Glenn Fry, you know, all of these artists who are not really old. Um, David Bowie. 
yeah, it, it becomes a question of mortality. How do you close one chapter and leave pages yet to be written? You leave the option for them to be written or not. And who knows what they may decide to do or not to do. And I think after 45 years, how much more do we need? I mean, we could be selfish and say, don't go, don't go, don't go. But here they get to at least do it on their own terms. And I think it's probably wiser. Go out the way you want to while you can, because... Yeah. When you don't have that dis uh, that decision power, it's a terrible thing. And, you, you know, not to coin Ace's no regrets, but it's better to have as few regrets as possible. Right. And, and listen, the one thing we know about artists is that whether it's the Who or Ozzy or even Kiss or the Scorpions, they will say farewell. They'll do these farewell tours. But as an artist, you always want to create. And at some point. You know, so I don't think we've seen the end, 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 end. I think we're only seeing the end of touring Kiss, not of the brand, the band. There'll be something somewhere down the road. Well, that's a great way to end this, and I do thank you for leaving some questions unasked. That gives us the rest, uh, the rest of us hoping for interviews with Paul. Hope that one day we will get <laughs> to get in there with some of those other questions that yeah. uh, we would love to to pin him into a corner. Now, not so much pin him into nah. a corner, but hopefully get him in the mood to reflect on some specific topics. But you know, very well done, Mitch. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah. you know, as you did to Paul, thank you for all that you do for music fans like me because that wasn't the only one of your interviews that i listened to and it's great that you're out there providing that conduit between the fans and the artist and the artist to the fans it's it's a great thing that you do so congratulations and keep doing what you do yeah thank you so much and of course thank you for for having that kiss fact website it, it, it is great to get in there and discuss the the band and stuff and and i do want to end on just saying thank you again to paul uh it was just he was incredibly gracious incredibly nice and it was sincere and it is sincere when I say thank you for 45 years. You know, I was along for the ride for 40 of those. I wasn't there in 73, 70. Yes, I was born, but I, of course, you know, there wasn't a baby. I wasn't a fan in diapers. But thank you, because it, it has been something you could go to. It was that steady force in life when girlfriends were changing and schools was changing and all that. There was always that sort of rock that you could go you know what i don't care how bad today is i can go listen to double platinum and i'll be fine by the end of it it's the soundtrack to our lives and absolutely thing. all right mitch lafon thank you very much and we will see you online so take care for now cheers thank you for spending time listening to the kiss faq podcast today all sales are final there are no refunds if you'd like look us up on facebook or come over to the kiss faq message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.